What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, okay. hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. to win it and one move has cost him and cost him dearly. Raider, Ray's calling for the power bomb. And oh god! He just planted him with a power bomb and Vader has won it! Vader has won the world title! Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the match and new WCW World Heavyweight Champion Big And you can see, Jim Ross, the crowd is stunned. They can't believe it here in Albany, Georgia. They are stunned. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, brought to you today and powered by the fine folks at the Mid-Atlantic Wrestle Expo. On May 19th and May 20th, 2017, at the Greater Richmond Convention Center, the two-man power trip of wrestling will be teaming up with the Mid-Atlantic Wrestle Expo to moderate a Q&A dinner on May 19th and to bring in today's guest on May 20th to the Mid-Atlantic Wrestle Expo Convention. And that guest today is the man they call Big Van Vader. And folks... We go about doing things certain ways on this show, and John and I are definitely set in our ways about how we record introductions and how we record our interviews, but this is a rare instance where I need an instant reaction from my partner here, so we're going to go about doing it this way. We just got off the line with Big Van Vader recording our interview. That will be a part of today's episode, and I don't know where to start, so I want to welcome John in, but John, this was obviously one for the record books. Uh, I'm sort of speechless. I don't really know where to go with this, but just kind of uh, what are your thoughts on this ridiculously emotional interview that we just had with Big Van Vader? Yes, Chad. I mean, this was an awesome, awesome, awesome interview. I mean, it runs the gamut of emotions, really, if you really think about it. I mean, when we first got him on, obviously, I mean, it goes without saying he's the greatest big man of all time. No offense, Undertaker, you're not it. It's Vader, the big man. Big man Vader is the greatest big man of all time. And just be able to get to talk to him about his career and his time in Japan and his matches against Sting and Cactus Jack and Flair was just unbelievable. But then when you start getting into you know his current health and what's going on with TDP Yoga, and then even further than that, the what the doctors say and kind of giving him two years to live and stuff like that, 
mean, I had some private conversations with Vader. I didn't know if we would make it on the air or not. We talked several times, you know, just checking in on his health and talking about this, talking about that. And he was always so positive and, and talking about fighting the good fight and he's going to keep on fighting and don't feel sorry for him and he says that in the interview and it's just an awesome emotional part of the interview that we didn't know we'd get out of big man vader but uh we got it and it was just uh, you know it's you know in one side it's kind of bittersweet it's like man i wish he wasn't going through all that but on the other hand it's great that some people see that out there that he keeps fighting he's not giving up it's a great uh, life lesson for people out there you don't really need to believe everything that you're reading or everything you're seeing, you know, fight the good fight and keep doing it. And he really gets emotional at the end and gives us some great, great stuff. And uh, I was a little shocked by it, a little taken back by it, but I absolutely loved what we got out of Vader. Just an unbelievable interview. Yeah, like you said, you know, you've been talking to Vader privately for quite a while. And uh, this interview has definitely been months in the making and it obviously was the right time now to record it. But you know, you and I never really go into an interview with wanting to kind of harp on the negative or, you know, the, the things that we know are going to make a guest feel uncomfortable, contrary to what other people may say in critiquing parts of the show. But that's not our intent to get a guy upset or to get a guy pissed off. But in this instance with Vader, we really went into it to talk about his career, talk about him being the greatest big man of all time, talk about Japan, talk about WCW. And I'd just like to kind of start it off in a general way, and that's, hey, you know, we've seen you down in uh, Atlanta with DDP. How's that going? Never expecting where it would go at the end, and that was all Vader, and I'm going to give it all to Big Van Vader for sharing that because that was absolutely out of this world. And I know for a fact, you know, it meant a lot to him, and what he's going to say at the end of this, we really want you to get in touch with Vader, hit him up on Twitter, and please share your memories with him of his career. Uh, if you heard this interview, what you think of it. And just tell him how thankful you are for what he did for you as a wrestler to you being a wrestling fan. And I always felt like with all the stuff that came out about what he said, it was a little premature. And people posting the tributes and, and really feeling uh, the sadness of the diagnosis where, look, he's not done. And clearly he's not because... He's getting ready to wrestle, and I think uh, that's indicative of the fact it's always going to be what he always says. It's always going to be Vader time. Yeah, and really look at it. I mean, he's not stopping taking bookings. He's still taking the bookings. Uh, he'll be wrestling uh, twice in one weekend coming up. Um, he'll be going to Japan with uh, Fujinami. I mean, he'll be doing you know nothing basically uh, you know out of the ordinary for him. He's just going to keep on taking bookings, and he's not going to stop. He's not going to sit home. He's not going to sit in the hospital. He's just going to keep on keeping on. And I just love that, that that fighting spirit. And obviously you saw a lot of that fighting spirit when he was in Japan and uh, having brawls with Anoki and Hansen and Choshu and Fujinami and Chono and Muda and all these awesome guys. So it's just great to see that he's still fighting. He's not giving up at all. And obviously, you know, he says he regrets kind of writing that on Twitter. But in a way, it's kind of good to get that kind of stuff out there and then just totally, you know, squash it give it a moonsault if you will give it a vader bomb and just totally uh, destroy what the doctors are saying or, or what people might be saying oh you know give up no he's not going to give up and i love that he's going to take all these bookings i love that we're going to have him at the uh, mid-atlantic wrestle expo and i love that we're going to have him in, in new jersey as well that's right may uh may 20th in richmond virginia for the mid-atlantic wrestle expo and also in june at the Legends of the Ring convention in Monroe, New Jersey, one of the top East Coast conventions, Legends of the Ring. Always a lot of fun, and we're going to get into that as we get closer to Legends of the Ring. But, John, you're obviously a huge WCW fan, a huge Japanese wrestling enthusiast. So if you can, just give us a couple highlights of Vader's career from your point of view, some of your favorite matches, some of your favorite moments. And for him to casually mention putting his eye back into his socket is just kind of surreal but I always uh, I got a kick out of that, just uh, me personally. But what are some of your favorite memories of Big Van Vader? Yeah, I mean, obviously any match with Hanson was awesome, whether it was in Japan or whether it was even in WCW. But obviously the eye incident where his eye comes out and he's kind of holding his eye back in and still wrestles the whole match. I mean, just a crazy match. And obviously we talked to Sam Hanson about that as well. And Vader stiffed the living hell out of him too in that match. So it was like, you know, an even uh, beating, just... That match is awesome. Uh, Thirty-minute draw with Hanson is awesome. Him, anytime him and Anoki got in there was awesome because the crowd was so enamored with the spectacle and 
whether it be Vader squashing him or whether Vader returning to New Japan in 96 and Anoki beating him. I mean, the fans just love those matches, love that feud. And he talks about another great match where the fans get into it. And I would really check this out as a Dave Meltzer five-star match. And that is G1 Climax 91 against Great Muda. That's just an unbelievable match. So, so freaking many good matches. Even him and Bigelow as a tag team that we talked about about against the Steiners. I mean, you literally can just go on and on about his Japan run. It's great, whether it's uh, Kobashi, Masawa, Kawada, Jun Akiyama. I mean, I, there's so, so many good matches that you just need to go out of your way and see. And, of course, you know, you mentioned WCW. you got to mention the feud with Sting. you got to mention those matches. I love Great American Bash 92. And then somehow they top it with Starcade 92. And then somehow, unbelievably, they top it again with Super Brawl 3 in 1993 with that strap match. I mean, these guys, like we talked about in the interview, they never had a good match. The chemistry was awesome. Uh, whether he's beating the hell out of Sting, whether Sting's beating the hell out of him, awesome stuff. I mean, I feel like I can just ramble on all day. I mean, the uh, match against Cactus Jack, the Texas Death match, they had an awesome, sh- sh- albeit short match on uh, WCW Saturday Night. That was just, you know, you should definitely go out of your way to see the, the stiffness in that one. And then, of course, you know, I'll just finish off because I literally could probably just name matches all day with Vader. But I'll, I'll just stop it with uh, Starcade 93 versus Ric Flair. Another awesome classic match. So Vader, easily the greatest big man of all time to me. And just look at the matches. Just look at the resume. Nobody is better than the man they call Vader. Yeah, and that match, Ric Flair has gone on record as one of the only instances that he ever had to defend himself in the ring because Vader can be so stiff that Ric Flair felt that was one instance where he actually had to try to fight back, even though obviously when you put Ric Flair up against Vader, you know, if you really wanted to go on a shoot, I think uh, we're going to lean a little bit towards uh, the man they call Vader. No offense to uh, 16-time world champion in Ric Flair. But, John, obviously it was so great, and we're so thankful for Vader for sharing that information with us and talking about his career. It's a fantastic look into a legendary career of the greatest big man in the history of professional wrestling. And hopefully this episode kind of creates the argument of what's a big man versus what's a giant versus what's a super heavyweight. And you're going to hear that coming directly from Vader. So now in real time, as the music's about to creep in, we're going to hit you with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business. And we're going to get you on over to this episode, to this interview with Big Van Vader. It is one for the history books, and we really would love to hear your feedback from it. So listen to that uh, two-man power trip wrestling business, and feel free to reach out to us as we get it on over to Big Van Vader. And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please visit our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for some legendary episodes featuring the living legend himself, Bruno Sammartino, the late great American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Ray Mysterio Jr., Jeffrey McDivitt, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf, AJ Styles, and so many others. Also, while you're surfing the web, check out WrestlingInc.com. Yes, that is WrestlingInc.com. They are the number one wrestling news source out there, so please check them out. Also, while on the internet, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, ProWrestlingTees.com is your superstore. If you are a super fan, and you can please check out our page while you're there, you can check out Tito Santana, Paul Orndorff, Coco Beware, Magnum TA, Buff Bagwell, and so, so many others. Follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 as we hit the road and we come to a town near you. April 22nd, we hit Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Icon Collectors Fest. Then, May 19th and May 20th, we hit the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Expo in Richmond, Virginia. Then, follow us to New Jersey as we hit Legends of the Ring in Monroe. So please follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017, because you never know where we may land.
And now, without any further ado, the greatest big man of all time. He is a former three-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He is a former three-time IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. He is a former two-time all Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Champion. He has held belts all over the world. He's the only wrestler to hold three world titles on three different continents simultaneously. He is the Mastodon. He is the Beast. He is the man they call Vader. He is Big Van Vader. Please enjoy. Quality food, what they're selling us, and 
it causes illnesses and things of that nature. So I've cleaned up my diet, I mean, a great deal. And I eat skimper now, and I've lost some weight. I'm, I'm down about uh, about 30 pounds, and uh, I've done that. And it probably would would be considered a relatively short time. You know, I, I'm working out uh, not only with the yoga, but in the gym and riding a bike and doing more and more cardio as as I'm able to, as uh, you know, as my cardiovascular conditioning is is uh, continues to get better and and my heart continues to get stronger. So I'm I feel I feel very fortunate to have a friend like uh like Dallas and um I couldn't I couldn't endorse this product more. I mean the product of DDP Yoga is wow. It's off the chart. It's just it, you know, I've I've been working out since I was what, seven, eight years old and uh there's really nothing that compares to it. it it's it's you know, it's stretching, it's it's it, it builds muscle, it, it it does all it really does a lot for you and uh and, and not to mention that if you're dieting it can it can really be a, a tool to lose weight. So it's it's a, it's a workout that you could do more than once in, in the course of a day and it's not you know, it's not the you know, where the weights and, and running and squats are, are really hard on the body where the yoga is actually good for the body. So it's not like you're going to be sore and broke down after a workout. You'll be tired, but once you get into uh, get over that, and you, you're able to control that in your conditioning. You know, you you could do this two and three times a day, and there's been people. There's a lot of great success stories that uh, Cage has on his website and things of that nature. Guys that have lost you know 100 pounds and 80 pounds and, and 200 pounds, and so uh, you know I. I you know, I found a new friend in Dallas, and he's uh, he's at the top of my list as far as as far as people go. So, that's, I think that's it's well. Go ahead, let's go on. That was an excellent answer, and I think we're all very invested in uh, in your journey. And to hear that you've lost thirty pounds already is uh, that's excellent, and it's really a testament to both your strength. And Dallas is teaching, and we've heard, uh, you know, directly from Dallas, we've had him on in the past, you know, just how great DDP Yoga is. I mean, in the wrestling world now, DDP Yoga is almost second nature with all the guys he's helped transform. And it's just so awesome to hear that you're uh, you're doing so so well with it. But, I mean, I guess that begs the, uh, the answer, and I know you've uh, alluded to it uh, on Twitter before, but does that leave uh, one big Vader bomb left in, uh, in the old tank of Big Van Vader? <laughs> well, actually, I've... I you know my my booking sheet this was it this this spring or yes March April May that's that's springtime isn't it so uh, in the upcoming months I've I've got several matches booked as a wrestler and then I, I've got other bookings where I'm just coming as a you know signing autographs and and watching but March 10th and 11th uh, I am wrestling both of those nights so that'll be my first test. Uh, since the diagnosis, my first two wrestling matches since the diagnosis, and now I'm uh, anxious to see how how things go. So, uh, wish me yeah, luck. I feel sorry. Feel sorry for whoever those uh, poor saps are going to be uh, March 10th and 11th with that uh, that big Van Vader coming straight at them. But I think that's also that's a cool place to kind of transition to the wrestling career. And you had such a unique look, such a unique style. We obviously we all remember. The head, the headgear, we all remember everything about Big Van Vader. But what was it about your aggressive style you think that really stood out to you when your opponent looked across the ring and literally you could basically see the teeth chattering because uh, they knew they were going to be in for one kind of an ass whipping. Yeah, I actually heard that uh, people are, are some of the television talent. Let's put it that way. That for the WCW would they would see their name next to mine and. The, they would not only leave, leave, uh, and 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 not wrestle, but uh, quit wrestling. <laughs> I said, well, Leon, you you ran three of them off tonight, and I said, what do you mean I ran ran three of them off? They said, yeah, they they were going to wrestle you in three of the television matches, and they all all three left. So, I I used to get kidded about that quite a bit, but it it's uh, I, I don't know my you know I. Here's a 
Um, see, I when I came into the business, there, there was a guy that was named Stan Hansen, and he's all famous in his prime. There was another guy named Bruiser Brody, and I wrestled both of them when I was very early in my career. And, uh, you know, they just, you know, let's face it, they beat the hell out of me. And so it was from that, and then there was a third guy, another big guy, a legendary big guy, a guy named Jerry Blackwell. And they were all at the AWA where I was wrestling. And, you know, so they didn't really have, you know, many many people did you know, there just wasn't a, a long list of wrestlers that they could go go against. I mean, Jerry was 400 pounds. Stan was huge. Um, uh, Brody was, uh, you know, 6'5", 330 pounds. So me being a big, big kid and, and uh, uh, you know, a football player and rough, and I could I could take what they were dishing out. And um, they, they just, they took advantage of me, I think. And I, looking back on those days, and, and I think that's as I got, into wrestling as I became, you know, a, a bigger name and more experience. And I, uh, kind of, in other words, what, how I was brought up is how I thought these guys kids were brought up. So I don't know if I'm making much sense here, but in other words, it was, it was kind of like, Hey, you know, you're, you're young and, you know, you, you know, it was good enough for me and it, it worked for me. So, uh, I let these guys know that, you know, there was a price to pay to get in the ring with me and that you needed to be prepared. Absolutely, yeah. We heard, we saw last year when Stan Hansen got inducted into the Hall of Fame, we saw you out there, and it was uh, it was quite the sight. Vader time was definitely going on. But one guy you mentioned there that I think does not get even slightly the bit of credit that he should is Jerry Blackwell. And nobody talks about Jerry Blackwell anymore. But kind of share some memories about Jerry Blackwell if you can, because if he hit that splash on somebody, you would not get it up, and that is for damn sure. You see, the the man from what Stone Mountain, uh, uh, I, I don't really remember all of that, but you know, he was about six foot and four hundred and sixty some pounds, and uh, you know, big guy, not not very tall, and maybe six foot is, is being pretty. Uh, pretty gracious in terms of height-wise. He might have been, you know, shorter than that, 5'10", 5'9", and then just, you know, a really big super heavyweight. And surprisingly, with it was carrying, you know, the 460 pounds, he was he was able to drop, kick, and move. And I I, uh, I obviously, me, me being around these three legendary agile big men, Stan, Stan was probably 320, 330. He, you know, he could... He had a resting heartbeat in the 30s, in, his, in the 30s, and, uh, you know, he, he could wrestle all day. He could go, you know, half-hour Japanese style, and um, same with Brody, and this, the same with Blackwell. Surprisingly, Jerry's matches, you know, were, were not just, you know, short squash matches. He, he put in time. So I think it was good for me to come up around those those three quality big men, and, and I you know, I learned a lot. I, I befriended them and uh, wrestling against them and talking to them and picking their brain. It, it was a it was a great place for me to start out with those those three guys there. I think of Big Van Vader obviously is the best big man of all time without a doubt. Period. But you think of your time in Japan, whether it be you know pro wrestling Noah or all Japan or New Japan, and you made such a mark over there. The first guy, Jin IWGP champ. I mean, destroying Inoki, the riot over there. Can you just talk about, you know, your awesome career in Japan? Because so much of the allure, so much of the legend, you did so many crazy things over in Japan. You know, I was, that night I was scared to death. I, uh, you know, I had been wrestling in Europe and uh, had my wife and my son over in Europe. And, you know, I got a call uh, from actually Baba and, uh, Bob had wanted to bring me over for the Christmas tour. You know, I had got an offer for X amount of dollars and, and five weeks' work, and I got that through a gentleman by the name of Nick Bockwinkle. I think Nick has Nick's passed on now, so may he rest in peace. But uh, Nick, Nick and I had, you know, Nick had, uh, and I had spoke, and I said, hey, if you, if you got an opportunity, you know, I handed them some tape or some photos and, you know, if you ever got a chance to talk to Baba, uh, if you can give me a, a tour over there, I'd like to try to break in. And so he had done that, you know, good to his word. He had done that, and 
and it was actually at at just before I was getting ready to go from Europe to Japan for Baba, a guy named Masaha Tori had came over, and apparently Masa Saido, who was working, was a booker for Noki. He uh, he uh, had been looking for me and had been trying to call me at my my old uh, my old number, my old sending mail and stuff like that to my old address, and I was uh, obviously in Europe, so. I, I wasn't able to contact with him, and he was going to book me with Anoki. So, as basically, I was getting on the plane to go over for Baba, and when I, by the time I got off the the plane in Japan, Anoki had cut a deal with Baba, and I, I guess the money had was transpired that Saito had told him that hey, he's the big guy of the future, he's the guy we want, and the last thing that they wanted to do was have Baba get another big guy because you know they had Hanson, they had Brody. They had the uh, you know race and Harley race and DiBiase and you know Smuka and uh, Steve Williams and so that the, you know had I gone over to Baba and got behind all of those you know great name wrestlers, then who knows how this thing would have turned out? So what a stroke of luck for me to uh, you know I got off the plane and instead of going to Baba's company, I went to Anoki's company and obviously things you know worked out extremely well for me and and you know it's. You start to think, so you, you think about that for a moment. I mean, I mean let's face it, with Brody and Hanson and all those guys there, I mean, I may have not never got the opportunity to show what I could do there. And uh, things could have turned out substantially different. So I, I feel very fortunate in that regard. Absolutely. And think about where your career ended up. I mean, the only wrestler to hold three world titles on three different continents simultaneously. So Big Van Vader was basically, you know, taking over the world at that point. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I yeah, I, I think I had the, did you just say it? Three world titles on three different continents at the same time? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was counting them the other day. I thought it was 25 titles, not world titles, but 20, 25, 27 titles in all. That would be intercontinental titles, United States titles, um, you know, tag team titles, stuff like that. So, but I think it was 27 titles in all, you know, between uh, Mexico and, and Europe, and that would be Otto Vance's company. Uh, the company I work for uh, in Mexico, Carlos, Carlos Minas, his company, it was, uh, I, I, I forget what it was called, but it was a, a, a recognized world title. UWA, and then Otto, yep. Yeah, and then Big Otto's, uh, what did you call it? I'm sorry. Uh, U, UWA in Mexico. Yeah, Carlos Minas's belt was a recognized world title at that time. I think there was six or seven recognized world titles, or maybe it was eight. And uh, back in in the eighties and nineties, and uh, you know, since that time, I don't know if Mexico's world title is still recognized. But Big Otto's title was the CWA was recognized back then. He had a you know he had a company that uh, you know throughout Germany, throughout France, throughout Italy. And, uh, they, you know, they did very, very well. And um, so between the Europe title and the uh, Japanese title and uh, the WCW and New Japan and All Japan, and then there was NOAA, and then everyone, they seemed to, you remember that shoot group, that uh, the UWFI in Japan yeah. yep. with Nobu Takata? I, I actually captured... Uh, their world title at one point and actually had it went through a tournament to get it. But, um, so I, yeah, I added them all up and it was, it was something like 27, 27, 28 titles, world titles, you know, intercontinental titles. And, uh, and it included those companies. So. Yeah. Pretty, pretty awesome. And I remember in the 92, a great American bash. I mean, you, Beating Sting, that was one of the big highlights uh, for me of your career. When I mean, you and Sting just had an amazing feud, an epic feud with uh, awesome chemistry. But I remember with the power bomb, you beat Sting and become WWE World Champion, and boom, you're over in the States big time as well. Yeah, I, uh, I was Hardy Race was my manager then, and it was what an advantage for me because you know, Hardy was an eight-time World Champion and 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 basically a walking encyclopedia of knowledge. And, 
you know, for me to, you know, said, you know, Harley, what do you think about this finish? And, you know, what do you think about, uh, I'm going over to Japan. Can you give me a hold? I mean, it was just, it was such an advantage to have him as, as your manager because uh, he, he could show you a hold. He could, he could call a spot for you or he could, you know, if you gave him a spot, he would he would make it right. So, well, yeah, that sounds good, but well, why don't you do it this way? You know, come come at it from a different angle, and and uh, just just invaluable. Hardy Race, he was you know a great wrestler, and, 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 and you know in my mind maybe even a better coach. And I so I know he's been coaching for a long time there in uh, in Missouri, and then I, I understand he's moved to school to St. Louis, from closer to the airport. Uh, now, so but yeah, Hardy Race is one of the one of the all time greats for sure, and uh, for me to be a, tied up with him like that, it was uh, just in, you know invaluable. So definitely, yeah, Hardy Race one of the, the greatest of all time, and I kind of alluded to yeah. the, the the Sting matches. I just remember Great American Bash '92, Starcade '92, Super Brawl '93. I mean. Awesome matches. Could you just talk about your chemistry with Sting? Because it seemed like you guys couldn't have a bad match. Yeah, we never did. I don't think we ever did have a bad match. It was just they became degrees of good. And uh, I've had some of the best matches I've ever had with with, uh, with Steve. And it just became pretty automatic for us. You know, we didn't even have to talk. We just would just go out there and tear the house down. Uh, you know, I think he genuinely. You know, he liked me, and I genuinely liked him, and that chemistry came across. And, you know, we were, we were trying to work hard for each other. I mean, um, but it, it certainly did pay off. We we drew a ton of money. and and uh, But, you know, besides from Sting, you know, there was a, a Mick Foley in, in that that group in that time period. And then I had some great matches with Ric Flair. And, uh, but that... Uh, that time period in the WCW was was a good period of time for me, a very productive time. You know, I had uh, had Harley as a manager, Dusty Rhodes as a, a booker, and you know, I mean, you just you have all these great wrestlers and around you between Sting and Harley and Dusty, and it's just you know Foley and 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 Borden. It just it didn't get any better than that. I mean, it's just everywhere you turned, there was there was there was excellence around you. So, you know. And going back to the AWA with Brody and Hanson and uh, Blackwell, you know, I certainly it was a great beginning for me when to have big men of that caliber, and then going over to Japan with the Nokia, and, uh, and then the CWA in Mexico, and then finally hooking up with Hardy and Dusty and, and Sting and Foley. I mean, it just it, it's for me. I've been very blessed to be be surrounded by talent. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're if you're working with talented uh, guys and and you try to you know live up to what they're doing and and, and even better, uh, it's yeah, you know, it's hard. It's hard not it's it's hard not to succeed. You know, you have to really be a a clutch not to not to pick up on everything that everyone's doing. You know, but, their habits. I mean, you know, what made them good? What made Sting good? You know, he was in shape. He went to the gym. Yeah, and he he was a student of wrestling. And uh, so you you become a lot of those same things that these guys were. And what made them good is now making you good. And, uh, I feel very fortunate to, you know, have uh, been able to go the places I've gone and wrestle the people. You know, be around be around all these good. You know, and when you continue on that deal, I mean, going over to Japan with Anoki and uh, uh, Fujinami and uh, Choshu, and then and then that second group of guys, you know, Muta and Hashimoto and Chono. I mean, I I, I don't I don't recall having many five star matches, but uh, I did have a legitimate five star match with uh, Muta. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I think I had one with Flair and a couple others that that, that I thought were pretty good. But uh, that one, one with Muto in Japan stands out. We it was in the uh, it was some sort of a tournament. It was in the client the G1 Climax Series. Yep. If that means anything. Yes. And uh, we were in 
I think the Sumo Palace, they were sitting on their... Anyways, we got done with the match, and the, the pillows they were sitting on for chairs, they started throwing them in the ring, and I thought, damn, that was a good match. What are these guys complaining for? <laughs> the referee said, no, no, that's... They're, uh, they only do that when the match is very special, when, it, when it's, uh, you know, good and uh, and really beyond good. In other words, it was very rare for, you know, I, I think it's the first time it had ever been done where where the, the people that came to watch the sumo wrestling, when they had a great sumo match, you know, it happened once in 20 years where they would throw the pillows in. And it was to signify that that was, you know, a very rare, great match, sumo match. And so when we, we pulled off that match and uh, the pillows started coming in, it, it was a big deal. Uh, it hadn't, hadn't been done very often. So we, we were pretty proud of that. Definitely. And that's an awesome match. But as I start to wind it down a bit here, I mean, the Muda match, obviously five-star, you mentioned player having some great matches, but obviously you know you worked with Hanson, you guys had some awesome matches, Masawa, Kawada, Kobashi, all these legends. Do you have a couple more favorite matches or, or maybe one that really sticks out more than others? Well, obviously the match with Hanson, uh, uh, where, where we were in Tokyo Dome and it was, what, 80,000, 90,000 people and uh, maybe more. It might have been the one that was 98,000 people, but uh, you know, Stan had broke my nose early in the match, and then then my eye popped out of the socket, and I shoved it back in and kept going. That was that was that was a hell of a match. I mean, I I watched that, and I said, you know, that that yeah, even I'll I'll put myself over on that one. I thought that was you know twenty eight, twenty nine. It might even have been the thirty minute draw. I can't remember right now, but uh, you know, thirty minutes in front of you know basically. 95,000 people and you get your nose broken and then your eye pulled out of the socket and, uh, you know, you shove it back in and keep fighting. And, you know, on my part, I, yeah, I, I got to give myself a, a good job on that one. And then the one with Muta, that was a great one. Uh, some of my matches with Anoki over there, Kobashi and I had some great matches and even Akiyama. I mean, that's a good one with, with Shoshu. Uh, and there was just a ton of good wrestlers over there. I had a good match with uh, Nobu Takata in that shoot fighting. We 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 fought one time for about 27 minutes and for the world title. I think that's when I beat him for that shoot style world title, which was a different style. I mean that that was hard adapting because you know there wasn't it was it was basically a knockout and you know the the pins didn't mean anything so. The psychology had changed drastically for me, and that was that was kind of difficult to catch on to at first. But uh, you know, and then of course coming over to America with with uh, Steve and Foley and Flair and, and and HBK, Undertaker, and I had a few good good ones. A little bit more, you know, with the Undertaker being so big, it was harder to have a you know. Because, you know, you couldn't. He was just so big, you couldn't press him. You couldn't, you know, with a guy like Sean and Steve, I could press him over my head and do a lot of things with a smaller guy, you know. But uh, tell you what, all in all, I've, I've had a I've had a good career. And, you know, I, I think it's been a Hall of Fame career, but, uh, you know, I haven't got to call yet. So who knows? Maybe one day I will. That'd be fun. <laughs> I You know, I... I I have to admit, it's, it's, it's you know, when you look at, at people, you know, of my time, like Rikishi's a little bit younger than me, and then so is Kevin Nash, but two two very good big men, you know, that that are already in there, and they're younger than me, so I, you know, it's kind of, well, wait a minute, you know, maybe I, I missed my turn there somewhere, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's without question, it's a very elite club, very prestigious club to be in, and, and I hope one day to get in it. I really do, but you know it hasn't happened for me yet. So I definitely think it's almost overdue at this point. I mean, no offense to Rikishi or Nash. Uh, obviously, both oh, have some great, yeah. great careers, but uh, Big Van yeah, and all those titles everywhere. Definitely think uh, you kind of, you know, well past it. Definitely deserve to get in there. 
Thank you. Thank you. You know what? But it, it is. It's 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 a very elite club and very difficult to get in there. And I, I really do hope I'll get in someday because, you know, you have it, you know, because I'm not going to sit here and act like it's not important because it is to me. It acknowledges, you know, you being, you know, a top wrestler, you know, something wrestling. You know, because I, I, initially I thought, you know, hey, I'm Leon White, the football player. I mean, I was a high school All-American and a college All-American two-time. And I, I, you know, got drafted to the Rams and we played in the Super Bowl. And you know, I thought that's who I'd always be, Leon White, the football player. And, you know, I, wrestling is, is certainly, you know, my first love now. And for me to say that, that's 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 quite an omission because, you know, I was God. I was a diehard football fan. I mean, I used to watch, you know, I used to watch games and break down the offensive line play. And I knew how because, you know, I had played on that level. And then uh, as wrestling got more into my blood, and, you know, shoot, I, just, I live it. I live wrestling. I love it. And it's, it's a... Uh, it's a way of life. So, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely Leon White, the wrestler. It's, you know, it, 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 that 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 has that has happened in, in my, you know, and it's been that way for a long, long time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it feels a little bit overdue. It feels like you know you definitely should be in. Especially as you really go through, like you said, 27 titles, and you really look at your career, not just 27 titles, it's like the IWGP champion, the Triple Crown champion, you're a you know, tag champion, NOAA, uh, WCW world champion. I mean, these are, you know, real deal world titles where you're carrying uh, these promotions. Yeah. yeah I, you know, that's pretty much the case for all the promotions I was in. I, You know, during my – until, like, the WCW, I mean – Myself, Ron Simmons, Sting, you know, during the, my period of time there. And I know WCW went on to great things when they were drawing this, you know, when they got all that talent in there. Uh, I, I think between myself and Sting and, and, and a few other guys, we were carrying that company. And with the Noki, the IWGP, you know, myself, the Noki, and a few other main eventers, we were carrying that company. And, uh, same with Bob and the same with Noah and the same with UWFI. In fact, that you know, UWFI, that group, I mean, I, uh, yeah, it, it, I see what you're saying. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an honor that they rely on you because they know that you can, you can deliver, you know. Yeah, and before uh, before I hit the big finish here, I just got to ask this one thing because you 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 mentioned him uh, a few minutes ago there, and that's the Undertaker. We talk about you being the best big man of all time, but obviously the Undertaker's had one hell of a career. You guys had some intense matches and some really just uh, very very all time feuds, especially for that era of the WWF. We didn't even hit the WWF, but before we finish it up with your legacy, just kind of synopsis the uh, the feud with the Undertaker and him being. You know, another one of the greatest uh, big men of all time, but really, like like you said, he's a bigger guy. But how did you guys kind of clash together? Uh, you know, he's just he he was so much taller than me. He's you know, at six six nine six ten, and uh, uh, very very big, very strong, very you know, very agile big man and. You know, like like I said, you know, for me to have go out with HBK and tear down the house, or go out with, uh, you know, Sting and tear down the house, or Ric Flair, or an Anoki, or you know, a smaller wrestler, and, and you know, have to have that 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 five star match with those guys, Muta, uh, and then for me it was it was it was like, well, hey, this guy's nearly seven foot tall, and he's you know, 300 and what? How, how heavy was Undertaker? Oh, he was like 320 back then. Yeah, 320, 330. And uh, it's just some things, you know, you couldn't do with a guy that tall and, and that heavy. You, you couldn't necessarily press him. And maybe Mark Henry could, but you couldn't. You know, it was hard to flex him. It was hard doing a lot of things because, again, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm six. Three and a half, I'm not just not that tall. I mean, I'm tall for the average person and stand out in a normal crowd. But uh, you know, when you're standing next to a 
nearly seven foot tall, you know, giant. And, uh, you know, maybe he should be classified a giant. He's, you know, they're, they're, in my mind, there are, you know, in wrestling, there are giants and then there's super heavyweights and then there's, you know, uh, big men. And, and of course, and then there's, you know, there's other groups, other categories as well. But for, for purposes of our conversation, you know, like uh, my big show is definitely a giant. And Undertaker, to say he's a big man, well, sure, he's a big man, but is he a giant or is he a, a big guy, a big, a big man? You know, in, in, in the strictest sense of the word. So, you know, like a king, he's kind of in the middle. He's, well, he's 6'9", six, 6... Six, he's as tall as the Undertaker, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. But I, I know this, the Undertaker is in my book, would be hard to beat. And I, I think, you know, maybe in, in my prime, you know, in the, the 90, you know, 90, 93, I think in 93 I was the number one wrestler in the world by that Wrestling Observer Award. And I don't think there's ever been no, no 400-pounder ever to get get uh, ranked that high to, to take the number one spot. And then... Uh, you know who else we haven't mentioned? Bam Bam. Bam Bam Bigelow. He's a great wrestler. Oh, yeah. You know, and he was, he's a 400 pounder. You know, we were tag team champs in the Fornoki. And I, uh, he was one hell of a, one hell of a partner, man. That was a good team. And my hat's off to Mark Calloway. He's, uh, the Undertaker's is, is a fantastic wrestler. But, you know, above and beyond that, the, the longevity he's had. I mean, he's, uh, how, how many years he, has he been wrestling now at this point? Do you guys well, know? J- just as the undertaker, he's going on almost 30. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been very fortunate to, you know, have the ability to, to fight the, 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 the one match a year, but still, I mean, that's, that's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, and just so you know, you and Bam Bam were ranked 36 out of the top 100 teams of the PWI years. So obviously, we uh, yeah. we definitely recognize that. <laughs> but there hey, you man, go. I, but I and I, you know, I do consider myself one of the best big men, and 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 certainly probably the best super heavyweight. Were you know, so I appreciate that very good. And I, I don't, you know, in, in the early 90s, I don't know if, if you know, maybe I, I was the best big man slash super heavyweight in the business. And uh, But I appreciate you guys, you guys recognizing that. What would you feel your legacy is in professional wrestling? Because we've hit it out of the park with what you've meant to the big man, to the business. But what does it mean to you for what you've left in, in professional wrestling? I think myself. Guys, guys like myself, well, guys like Stan Hansen, uh, guys like Bam Bam Bigelow. You know, Hansen is one of the best big men in the history of professional wrestling. I, I think Bam Bam Bigelow is one of the best big men in professional wrestling, and I, uh, I think Mark Calloway is, if not the best, one of the best big men slash giants in the in the business. Um, I think for me, I, I kind of fit in two categories where I'm a big man slash super heavyweight and where Callaway's a big man slash giant. You know, so there's there's all kinds of ranking, you know, we're we're big show. I mean he's a giant period. Andre was a giant period. You know, there's like Yokozuna where he would be you know, he would be a a super heavyweight without question. I mean he was so I, the thing that I, I thought is having been brought up with uh, Brody and, and Hansen and uh, Blackwell, and I, I kind of saw the, my role was, you know, to be uh, the big guy that that you know that could wrestle thirty minutes, and I I made it a point for me to always be the guy getting up off the deck first, regardless. And if you watch some of my matches with Sting and Inoki in the later minutes, you know, the twenty five. You know, let's say this time after 20 minutes, whenever we would both be on the ground, you would you would see me getting up first, and uh, I made it a point to do that. And I, I I thought that 
any good big man worth his salt would not, you know, would not, uh, you know, not not just wrestle the five. And, and although the, you know, there, sometimes matches do go shorter, five minutes and ten minute matches. Uh, I made it a point to, to stretch my opponent out and and you know not just not just win but 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 entertain along with that win. You know, take take the match twenty and twenty five minutes and. Um, and I, I, on top of, of being able to put the time in, which is something I prided myself on, was uh, you know the, the ability to drop kick and go up to the top rope and throw a moonsault and and uh, you know show things agility wise that that uh, you know 400 pound people just didn't do. And I think I, I achieved those two things very well. And I was very representative in terms of. Leon, can you go through the minutes tonight? Well, yes, I can. And, you know, can you throw that moonsault tonight? Can you do this? And, and I did things that wasn't necessarily the norm for, you know, a super heavyweight uh, or, you know, a man my size. And, you know, and let's face it, my days in the WCW, I was 417 pounds. Uh, they build me heavier than that, but, you know, that was it. That was a legitimate weight, so I, I prided myself on those things, and uh, and yeah, I don't, I hate to, you know, they, I was asked, you know, that, you know, could you tell us about Stan Hansen? What would you say? Well, you know, Stan wasn't just good for a big man. I hated that. It was good for anybody. I mean, you could compare Stan to Shawn Michaels. I mean, Stan doing thirty minutes over in Japan with somebody that's, uh, you know five or six inches shorter than him and, and maybe 50 or 60 or 70 pounds lighter than him and standing able to keep up with that guy for a half hour. That's talent. That's, that's why, you know, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. And, you know, I, I growing up with Stan and really breaking in with Stan and Brody and Blackwell, that's the, the same thing that I prided myself on is that, that very same thing. And then, you know, and even taking it a step further would be going into the moves that big guys just didn't do before me. And um, really not, not many since then. I mean, Bam Bam and I, we came, it was kind of odd that, you know, two 400-pounders would come in and, and be able to drop kick and do those things. And and then, you know, not really many since then. I, uh, so those, those two things. But you know what, I, I would if, if you'd let me here, just kind of close this out. Uh, I've uh, really kind of, you know, I regret the, I regret tweeting out. In other words, when I got diagnosed, that hey, Leon, you know, you uh, uh, you have a bad heart and uh, we you have congestive heart failure, and we feel that your time is is, is limited. You have well, maybe a couple of years left, and two years or less left to live. And I, I remember getting very angry and and uh, you know saying that you know this has got to be bullshit. I, I don't feel bad. I don't. I don't. Uh, get, getting you know extremely angry and um, just since that time. I remember when I got the news, I, I left the hospital. You know, I, I got got a ride over to the gym, and I rode the bike for a half hour, hard, hard as I could, and then got off the bike and then got on the treadmill and walked, you know, for another 15 minutes pretty hard. And, I mean, I was exhausted, but my heart felt fine. I said, now, how can I do that if, if my heart's going to give out? And the, the doctor in some of the ongoing uh, – uh, appointments that I had with him explained to me that, you know, when, when you were tipping the scales at 400 and, and 420 and 25 pounds, um, that, you know, a man that size and that heavy just isn't supposed to be able to push himself in a cardiovascular endeavor, no matter what it is, you know, much past two or three minutes because the heart is going to be strained because of the weight. So, something I prided myself in what I just got through saying was, you know, being able to push myself into the 15 minute mark and the 20 minute mark and, uh, 
even the 30 minute mark and, and beyond. I mean, I've, I've done several one hour, you know, uh, matches. And so, but where someone like a sting would be able to, to do that and not damage himself, they're saying, because I was continued to go uh, at a high rate uh, you know, for a longer period of time, that that's, that's how, in a man my size, that's how I damaged my heart. And that the heart was basically worn out at this point. And that, you know, all the football, all the football days, you know, when, when I'm talking about, uh, you know, at the end of a practice, I remember, you know, the coach would be upset because we lost and then we had a bad practice or whatever it was. But, you know, you, you, you'd run a 40 yard dash for, for conditioning and, uh, You'd run ten of them, which was, you know, which was really hard, and you'd do so just with just a few seconds rest, and then maybe fifteen seconds rest between each one, and then you'd say, okay, let's do another ten, you know, because so and so said something, and and then, and then you do another ten, and pretty soon you're doing forty and fifty of these things, and you know, I, I certainly wasn't four hundred pounds when I was playing football, but I was, you know, I was three, three twenty, three thirty, and. Uh, this conditioning didn't do my heart any good either. So I just, uh, I kind of wished, I think in closing, I kind of wished I hadn't brought it up. Uh, I am, I am continuing to wrestle. I am continuing. And then uh, someone said, well, aren't you afraid? You know, why, why would you get a booking at this point when you've had this type of diagnosis? And I said, brother, what would you rather die in a, in a, in a bed at home or, or in the hospital? Or would you rather, Die in front of ten thousand in front of ten thousand people having fun in the ring. So you know if if it's if it's true, if this doctor isn't just totally full of shit, which that's what I'm betting on, and and I I should say these doctors at this point, uh, you know that's that's my choice and that's the way I prove this way I decide to go out. I mean if if this thing's going to happen, I'd rather I'd rather you know be in the ring. Anywhere than compared to sitting in a in a in a hospital room in a hospital bed sitting there like some sheep getting ready to be slaughtered. It's not it's not who I am and it's not the way it's going to happen with me. And, and I I really believe in my heart that this thing is going to happen. Uh, I don't know if I'll you know live to be 80 years old, but I can tell you this: this this two year diagnosis is. Is just wrong. I'm going to prove it wrong, and uh, I don't really care what they're saying. And uh, so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I guess, and, and certainly there's there's no way around that. But I've got, you know, I'm booked in Japan to wrestle, and I'm booked throughout America to wrestle. I've got other bookings to sign autographs, and if uh, any of you guys want me at your show. Um, I'll give the information to these guys, and you can call them and get a get an email and a phone number on me and give me a call because I that's something that's very important to me. Is that you know if if it is my time to to say goodbye and 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 move on to you know what the the next level is, whatever whatever's next, uh, then so be it. But uh, but I'm simply not going to go go out like that, man. I'm I'm going out fighting. I'm going out positive and, and uh, shit, man. I, you know, and no, there's another thing too. If you're feeling sorry for me, don't be, man. Because I tell you what, I've I've lived life that's, I mean, second to none. I mean, I've literally been around the world ten times. I mean, I was a high school all American and a college all American. And I got drafted to the Rams and, you know, and uh, drafted in the NFL and played in the Super Bowl. And I don't know how many world titles I have, you know, 16, 18, 20 world titles and 27, 28 titles all together. Um, I've, you know, had a, a 30-year career in wrestling. And uh, I tell you what, it, it just, you know, I've never, I've never missed a meal. I've never been without money. And, and in fact, I've, most of my life, I've had quite a bit of money. I was always smart with my money, invested well. So hey, you know what? If it, if if 
at 60, you know, I don't have long left and so be it, but don't feel sorry for me, man, because I've, I've lived, I've lived a great life and I'm, I'm thankful for the time I've had. So, anyways, I appreciate you guys letting me ramble like that. I, I just, oh my God. No, we, I, I just gotta, I gotta interrupt you for one second, Mr. Vader. I just have to say thank you so much for sharing that with us. It means more to us than you would ever imagine because your story, your journey, where you're going, where you've been, and everything in between is wrestling, and we couldn't be any more honored that you just shared all that with us. We did not expect you to go down that route, but we appreciate that, and we wish you nothing but the best because it's always going to be Vader's time. It's important. Thank you very much for that. But the reason I said it, because like I told you in the beginning, I wished I had never tweeted it out, because maybe it's caused more trouble than my intent not to go into hiding. I said, no, I'm not going to hide. You know, this is what's happening. Hell, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it because keeping it in would do me more harm than letting it out like this. It's very healthy to be able to talk like this and be open about it. So now everyone knows and there's no reason to keep it a secret. But you know what? If what I'm trying to say to everyone is that there's someone out there that has a diagnosis either with their heart or they're fighting cancer or they're, you know what, some some doctor has told them that, hey, you've got X amount of time left. Don't believe it. Fight. Fight the obvious. Ask questions. You know, I've learned so much by asking questions. And, you know, just like I said, Dallas Page, he taught me about food. He's taught me about losing weight about this yoga. It's just tremendous. And then everybody is like, people are sending me because they know that I'm fighting. They're sending me, hey, have you ever tried this? Have you ever thought about doing this? And some of these ideas are just fantastic. And it's the accumulation of those little things. And it's the, the fact that I am fighting is that I'm learning more. And you know what? I, I may not beat this thing, but I'm going to stretch it out. And that's the bottom line, man. I'm going to take care of this. You know, there's no way I'm going out in two, a year and a half from now. No way. So, anyways, guys, God bless you, and I uh, thank you very much for this this platform. Oh, it's our pleasure. And please follow Vader at It's Vader Time on Twitter because, uh, like I said before, it's always going to be Vader Time as long as uh, – the Mastodon, the man they call Vader, is walking God's green earth. So thank you so much, Vader, for everything. And on yeah. a side note, we look forward to seeing you in May. All right, buddy. Hey, if uh, if you could uh, tell the people to give me a, a shout on Twitter, um, um, I want to hear from you guys. It, it really it feels good when you, you you read a bunch of tweets and people are talking about getting you know, hey, keep fighting, get well. That's that's great. I, I, I enjoy hearing that. So if you got a shot, give me a tweet, trying to build those numbers up. And I got into this Twitter game late, and it's a lot of fun. I got to admit it. I feel like a little kid playing some game, but it's it's fun. So, awesome. Guys, thank you very much. And uh, so I'll see, you, I'll see you soon, huh, John? Yep. See you very, very soon. All right. All right let's keep in touch. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.